Wickham Sound is currently running a short story competition in conjunction with Happy London Press. That's for uh, admissions of short stories between 1,000 and 1,500 words. The prize will be for 20 lucky people to be published in a book, and they have to be un- you have to be unpublished. You have to be an unpublished writer in order to enter. Now, uh, France Elul has many hats. All of them are creative. Um, I have him with me now. So I've had you on my show in the evenings playing the harp. Uh-huh. So you do many things, don't you? Uh, one or two things, yeah. One or two things. So uh, play the harp, um, acting and uh, teaching creative writing. Well, I'm, I'm a teacher by... by um, well, that's my day job, if you like. Mm. <clears throat> but I have other interests, yeah. Because you've done... And I've, so you've... and I've been teaching creative writing as part of you know, teaching kids at, at uh, the school. Um, and I ended up doing a workshop, at, as you, I think you know, at Wickham Arts Centre. Yes. So uh, you did one in January, I think, didn't you? Uh, yes, I think, and one in early March, <clears throat> just before the lockdown came. Just before the lockdown. Was there another one planned? Oh, yes, we've got... But, of, of course, you'll have to wait till everything's over before you can set another date. So, so what happens in the creative writing workshops? <clears throat> well, um, what, what I do is I'm an enabler. I don't um, exactly teach. I, well, I suppose I do in a sense. I, I get everybody to practice certain skills. For example, like writing in you know third person or first person or second person, or perhaps writing as an om- omniscient narrator. <clears throat> so I get people to practice different ways of writing, different approaches, and I've got um, 10 tips and hints for creative writing, which I share with everybody at every workshop. Um, and then we talk about things like characterization, plot development, starting a story, ending a story, mm. you know, what to do in the middle, you know, how, how to <laughs> produce a plot, all sorts of things. Okay, so so what are the ten hints and tips that you have? Oh, I'm not going to give that away at the moment. If you don't, I'll I'll tell you why. Because through um, Happy London Press and the story writing competition, Claire Newton, who runs it, asked me to do three podcasts, which I have done. Um, Two are up and running, and I think the third one is going to be coming up soon. And in those podcasts, um, I have all the ten tips as well as lots and lots of other material. It's probably about 45 minutes worth of podcast for anyone who's got enough patience to listen to them. Right. Okay. So I think the main problem that anyone would have with um, writing anything is getting started. Mm. And it's the the fear of the blank page. Yeah. So have you got any suggestions for for getting around the fear of the blank page? Oh, yes. I mean, there, there are various things you can do. I mean, one option is obviously to write um, solo, just doing it on your own. Another option is to join a writing group, uh, you know, like my workshops, Mm. where it becomes easier because everybody's doing the same thing and there is a kind of structure. But if you're working on your own, the first thing you need, which is what I always tell people, you've got to have the desire to write, just as if you've got to have the desire to play music or take up squash or badminton or anything. If there isn't a real desire which is kind of urging you on, nothing's going to work. So anybody who wants to enter the writing competition, 
they they need to want to write. They need to want to produce some fiction. Mm. Well, what I recommend, as well as having the desire or the need to write some fiction, is to keep a daily journal, you know, a little booklet where you can write a thought, a word, an idea, something you've observed, a sentence, even a doodle or a drawing, or even a scribble. Even a scribble can re- lead to a piece of writing. Um, also, read a lot of fiction because you can't write. You can't write a poem if you have never come across a poem. You can't write a novel if you've never come across a novel. This might be apocryphal, as I've written in an article recently. But somebody apparently said, "I don't read novels. I write them." Now that's a kind of bit of arrogance where somebody mm-hmm. thinks they know all about something without having any, any experience of it. It's like saying, "I'm going to swim across the ocean," if you've never been in a swimming pool. So you need to read a lot of fiction to to get an idea of what a, a good, you know, piece of fiction, a good story is. So I'm guessing in your workshops, you you find that there's different techniques for different people of writing that um, would work better for them. Um, not everyone is going to write the same that's right. way. Mm. Well, that's right. Well, one of the things I do at my workshops, I give people. Um, a journal if they haven't already got one, and I get everybody to write at least one word or one sentence or one thought or something about how they're feeling or an observation or a dream. Write anything just to get them started because a journal harvests your imagination. So they can either take, if they've already got something written in the journal, they can take an idea from their journal. It might be one word and expand it. I've also got various techniques for getting people started. And sometimes, as people say, if they get an inspiration, if they get an idea and they want to write something. And my advice, and this, this, um, this is why it's important to carry a journal with you, is mm-hmm. if you get an inspiration, get writing immediately. There's a song by Paul Simon, <clears throat> which some people might know, called Leaves That Are Green. And there's a line in that which where he says, like a poem, I meant to write. But if you don't write it straight away, it disappears. It's like waking up and another dream. And if you don't write it right down, within a few minutes, it's gone forever. So if you do get inspiration, do it immediately. You think you'll remember it, but you don't. Exactly. That's what happens, yeah. Now, journaling is actually, that's something that's, it's quite, I mean, it's quite a, a, a popular thing at the moment, and it's a different thing mm-hmm. from a diary, isn't it? And it's where Yes, it is. A diary just records your day-to-day actions, or, you know, got up, had breakfast, went to bed, did the same again, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily terribly interesting, but a journal is more like observations, thoughts, bits of philosophy, things you overhear, um, you know, all sorts of interesting material, which can be a, you know, a source for creative writing. And I would imagine the current situation that we're in at the moment, <clears throat> when we're mm. with ourselves a lot at the moment, yeah. um, can that can enhance sort of self-reflection, can't it? Um, yeah, and you can that, come a bit more a in touch good, with that's yourself. That's a very good point, Claire, yeah. So, I mean, what, what kind of tips would you would it would you think that people just need to practice is it something that people need to just keep doing um in order to 
Yes, sorry to interrupt. I think that's a very important point as well. You don't become a brilliant writer instantly unless you're Shakespeare or Emily Bronte or somebody like that. Um, It does take practice. And I notice with the children I teach, um, the more they do it and the more we discuss how they write, what they write and the techniques and styles they use, the better they get. For example, I've got one, um, I won't say who it is, but one um, student sent me piece of her because I'm still teaching from home piece of her writing and it was nicely written lots of very descriptive language but there's just far too much of it (laughs) just far too much so it held up the narrative it's like um you know just taking too long so I'm going to advise her to cut out a lot of the of the descriptive writing so you need to practice and is that why you need to actually write some sort of plan um, before you start writing? Because you can sort of get lost in the middle of it and not know how to end it or even forget what you were writing about. Well, indeed, Claire, you, you sound like a very practised writer yourself. <laughs> yeah, I've written a lot of essays. I've written a lot of essays. Oh, well, there you are. Yeah. You, there was a reason. Yes, I mean, if, you, if you're um, planning a plot, uh, you can do a mind map, you can do a spider diagram, you can do bullet points, you can do thumbnail sketches, you can do a drawing. Um, but within a plot, you've got to have some kind of interesting thing going on. You've got to have some kind of, if you like, conflict happening. And this could either be between protagonists and a protagonist is a character who drives the action or between a protagonist and some other force like society or the environment or there might be an inner conflict a moral dilemma there's got to be something that drives the action something powerful that forces the plot forward um and i talk about this and i I wrote a magazine for happy london a magazine article for happy london press and I think Claire Newton said it's coming out next week. So I, I expand on that in that magazine. So if people want to, they can um, log on to Happy London Press next week and have a look for the magazine. I wonder if people don't write creatively because mm-hmm. they think they can't or because they've been criticised in the past or because mm-hmm. they look at it and they think that's not good enough. Mm. And maybe well, they could that's, be that's, right. Sorry, go on. <laughs> and maybe they could be right. Um, well, possibly. Um, but well, one thing I've been aware of is if as a child you're told you can't do anything, that tends to affect children very much mm. if they're told by an, an adult or somebody they, they, um, who presents as if they're some kind of authority. Well, what I've learned uh, through, through my life is to pay attention to nobody at all. What I mean by that is not disregard everybody, but disregard anybody who tells me I can't do something. I've ended up doing several things because I thought, no, I, I don't believe mm. I can't do something. If I put my mind to something, I'll end up doing it. And I've proved it to myself. And I tell other people the same thing. And I tell people, never put yourself down. Because if you do, the world will agree with you because the world will say, well, you must know yourself better than anybody else. So if you think you can't play a musical instrument, if you think you can't write a story, if you if you think you can't tap dance or whatever it is you like to do, you will tell yourself you can't. So you have to tell yourself that you can 
Do um, ch- children are are children more creative, and do they do they lose that creativity? That's another good point. Uh, Pablo Picasso said that very same thing. He said all children are born artists. The problem is how to stop yourself being stopped being an an artist. Mm. As children go up, they have to behave. They have to sit in serried ranks in schools or even in nursery. They have to do what they're told. Um, They have to do lessons. And I'm not saying all of that is wrong, but children end up having to do things which are not creative all the time. Now, again, I'm not saying you have to be creative all the time, but children are naturally creative. Every human being is creative. As, as a race, human beings are natural storytellers. We mm. tell stories all the time, you know, like, how was your day at work? Oh, this happened, that happened. Or you can you know, tell somebody what happened on a soap opera the night before or an interesting program you've watched. So every human being is a creative individual. It's just harnessing the direction you want to express that creativity in. I, uh, we're, we're being creative when we don't realise we're being creative. Just, uh, mm. as you say, just, just having a conversation is a creative thing. Uh, well, exactly, because you have to produce something unexpected in response to a stimulus, like somebody talking to you, just as we're doing now. We're being creative in our conversation. So the short story competition is it's running now. It's a thousand to a one thousand five hundred. How how do you how do you feel about that word limit? Is that a, is that a good word limit? <clears throat> I think it's an excellent word limit because in my workshops at Wickham Arts Centre. Um, to get people practicing various techniques and and so that we can write two stories in one session, um, I limit um, the story everybody, including myself, writes in one session to one page of lined A4 paper handwritten, although at least one person uses a laptop. That's about 250 words. Um, And everybody does it. Now, for the competition Mm. in the last workshop where, by the way, Claire Newton came along, who's sponsoring it. Um, I got everybody to write a 1,000 words, a minimum, and more or less everybody did and wrote a complete story. Mm. And, of course, um, you, you know, you can edit your story afterwards. So nearly everybody, and there were, including me, there were 12 people there, nearly everybody completed a minimum of 1,000-word story, which is quite amazing, quite amazing. It shows how creative people are. I'm thinking with with that, um, you can get a story in there, but it sort of disciplines mm-hmm. you to not sort of wandering around too much and, and going off the plot and getting lost. Well, yeah, that's another good point, Claire. In, in one of my 10 tips, uh, there's a Latin um, quotation, which isn't part of the 10 tips because it overrides all of them. And the Latin phrase is in media res, which means in the middle of the thing. In other words, get on with the story. Don't take ages, mm-hmm. you know, describing the, the trees and the day and the, how long it took you to have a shower and have breakfast. Get on with the story. Some people would say, start your story near the end. So you draw the, draw the reader in very quickly. Yeah, so you don't want to waste time. Um, and there's um, a French saying which translates into sometimes you have to murder your darlings which was by a novelist who said, you know, what I was mentioning earlier about um, descriptive writing, you can write some wonderful prose, 
But if there's too much of it, it gets stodgy. It's like wading through treacle. You want to get rid of a lot of stuff so it doesn't hold up the narrative. And ending a story can be difficult. If you haven't worked out how you're going to end it, that can be a bit mm-hmm. difficult, can't it? It can be a bit maybe abrupt or it doesn't yes. make any sense. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right, Crane. In, in fact, that's one of the workshops that I haven't yet done. <laughs> so um, when I get the chance, assuming we can resume again sometime, yeah. our Kamar Centre, we're going to talk about that. Because most readers like or look to look forward to reading what's called a denouement. That's a French word, meaning an unraveling, a drawing together of the different parts of the plot, you know, tying, tying up loose ends or giving, up, giving an explanation, as people like in a detective novel or a mystery thriller. Ah, oh, that's how it happened. Oh, the butler did it. You know, some people do like um, a tying up of all the loose ends. However, in my workshops, I encourage people to experiment with not doing that, but instead, as in a lot of my stories, having something unresolved, maybe a cliffhanger, mm. maybe a mystery, maybe something that makes you think, well, goodness me, why does it end like that? What's going to happen next? It's a bit like, um, I don't know if you know the book, An Inspector Calls. Mm. Do you know? You do know it, yeah? I know of it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I confess I haven't read it, but family. I know of it. <laughs> because... Um, uh, a young woman has committed suicide by drinking um, disinfectant or something rather, uh, no bleach. And and at the end, they, they all think they're off the hook because he leaves them and they think he's not a real inspector. But then there's a phone call at the end when they think they're off the hook saying an inspector is coming to ask them some questions. In other words, the, re- the reader, or if you've watched the video of it, is left thinking... Oh, <clears throat> what's going to happen now? Will they try to lie again and hide the truth? Or will they be unable to keep the truth away? So it's mm. nice sometimes to read a story where there are lots of questions hanging in the air. And I like that because it means the reader has to use his or her imagination to fill in the possible gaps in the story or the possible conclusions to the story. In fact, some people who've read some of my stories said, but I want to know what happens. Ah. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Work it out <laughs> yourself, which I suppose is a bit mean. But, um, you know, as I say, I do want people to make an effort and not just give everybody something on a plate. So it's just they lap it up and it's easy. Thanks so much for speaking to me, France. And I, I hope my pleasure. I hope that you'll be able to resume the workshops very soon. Um, Thank you. I hope so, Claire. Yeah, definitely. And you can enter the short story competition by going on happylondonpress.com. And as I said, it's between 1,000 and 1,500 words. There's various topics that you can write on. Um, It's various age groups as well. And, uh, yeah, so so get writing. So, you know, use this time, as people keep saying, um, to do something creative. Thanks a lot, France. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on.